What's popping is Twinkle Motherfucking Toes, the artist formerly known as Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> and so I guess I have to be an artist too. I am the artist formerly known as Loretta Divine. I'm Jamal. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to Black to Our Roots, a blackity black podcast where we root cap RuPaul's Drag Race. We are now stateside for two whole weeks. And two whole weeks of two bitches ain't going home. You know what? I was thinking about that earlier this week. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually appreciating it because I think mm-hmm. that one of the things that happens when the girls go home first is that we don't really get a chance to know them. Um, and there is a listener to this podcast named Glam Drew who said, uh, well, who really wanted to know Elisa Summers anywhere? But um, I think that it's a good thing that we get extra time with the girls void of elimination and more than just her dui story yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i was thinking the same thing to today too because i was watching i was like oh girl this means three weeks of no one's going home or they're sending two bitches home this week uh which i don't think they're going to do but it's nice for the girls because one you mean these girls are like (laughs) Letting their lights get cut off so they can go on RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, the least they can <laughs> right. The least they could do is have like multiple episodes where they get to show the world um, what it is that they do. You know, you know whether you buy it, whether you rent it, or whether you know you just <laughs> want to taste test it. I was about to and say, so there's multiple episodes where they can show the world <laughs> the shit that they were broke for. <laughs> yes, and we will not call any queens' names, but we do know. They'd be like, we've gotten to three of, episode three or four. It's like, okay, that's all she has to give, Miss Mama. And uh, we're gonna just going to hit it. But at least they have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the old drag race where you can go run to the thrift store and pick up a couple of uh, church dresses from that one choir uh, choir recital. And, you know, put it onto the roadway. No, the girls are spending cuentada these days. So I appreciate that the girls get the opportunity to uh, uh, to do that. To just, even if it is for one, uh, one or two episodes, they can show a lot more than when you get sent to the house for designing a dress that looks like uh, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember um, in season five when Santino called mm-hmm. Alyssa's dress the worst dress ever that yes. um, <laughs> from the telenovela episode? And, I still don't agree with that. Well, I I liked his reasoning because at first I was like, well, that's kind of harsh. I feel like there have been some worst worse on this stage. And right. his reasoning was, you know, all these things that we call the worst dress, somebody had to make that in like five hours. Yes. You brought that one from home. So I agree with that. But, you know, I think listening to Race Chaser is good because we also know that Alyssa had like quit drag for a long time. You know what I mean? For a minute before mm-hmm. she went on Drag Race. And she literally was just grabbing whatever the fuck she had laying around her house. I mean, well, quiet as a cap, you can look at a couple of outfits from Miss Pandora Box season two, three seasons prior to Alyssa, and she brought those two. So, And I have a feeling <laughs> that there's someone on this season who is going to be in a similar situation. Oh, oh. Well, let's get into the episode. So let's talk about what happened last week. So last week was the premiere, and we discovered, we discovered, we saw that there were going to be six individual lip syncs. They broke the girls up, and sorry, the racers. We have changed how we are referring to our competitors now. They have broken the competitors down into groups of two, with the exception of the last group where there was three. You had uh, Jamal, Lord have mercy. Take a second. 
You know, when you, you, we start, Jamal was on Drag Race up against Candy Muse <laughs> and Joey J. So you, you couldn't see, but Jamal had actually slipped on one of the chicken feathers. It was still a brilliant showing. <laughs> so you had Candy Muse versus Joey J, and Candy sends Joey to the house. Uh, you have uh, Lala Ree versus Denali Fox, and Denali gets sent to the house. You have Tamisha Iman against the lovely Simone, and Tamisha gets sent to the house. I always want like to put a diamond behind that. Tamisha Iman diamond? Yeah. But to match your daughter, Tandy, Tandy Iman diamond? No, to um, match Mercedes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had uh, uh, Rose versus Olivia Lux, and Olivia, the newcomer, the young ingenue, sent Rose to the house. And then Miss Tinta Burnter sent Kamora Hall and Elliot with the quick tease to the house. Ate them up. Well, so was it Race Station said the exact same thing I said, where Tina made they the other two look like they were backup dancers. <laughs> so the so the girls think they are getting eliminated. They got to go home and they're about to air that bitch out. Cut to they're actually on the pork chop loading dock. And the losing girl, Rose, is sitting back there uh, seething, wants to punch everybody in the throat. And the girls... <laughs> Rose was brick upset. That's our lineage. Back there. <laughs> um, and the girls are like, what the fuck is going on, man? We see this lovely wall of all of the first stout girls. Shout out to my girl, James Mansfield. I love her. Um, what are they going to do? RuPaul comes up on the, uh, on the uh, intercom. Ring-a-ding-ding, bitches. You all have to vote out one of your fellow, fellow sisters. We have a vote. Jamal, you want to talk about the vote? Yeah, so we have the, um, you know, shout out to All Stars because we get, you know, a vote with some lipsticks. And when this vote started, you know me. So in my mind, I was like, I know who better be going home. <laughs> you, you just knew who needed to eat shit, right? I knew who better be going home. Um, and to my surprise, uh, it was a tie, and the tie was with another girl who I didn't think would be there. But it seemed like the girls were voting based on um, aesthetics and just, like, what they gravitated towards because they don't really know each other, right? So a lot of girls were like, all I can really vote on, I mean, all I can really base this vote on is the fact that this thing you're wearing chicken feathers. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, or the wig is rising. So... You know, I didn't realize how far back that that was Heidi in Closet first hey, episode of hey, season 12. That wig back was going there. back an inch for every like <laughs> second of camera time that they gave yes. her. Yes. <laughs> and yes. if I was back then, that might have been a deciding factor too. Right, because so. the girls are sitting down talking about criteria and Rose uh, <laughs> breaks her moment of silence to go, well, uh, first impressions. First impressions. <laughs> exactly. That's all you got. Yeah, which and I think that was honestly the fairest way to do it. I mean, what are you going to do? Flip a coin? Yeah, no, first impressions <laughs> are all you got. You know what I mean? And it's also the fairest way because, you know, uh, let's say two of the girls made note of each other and they're friendly with each other in their city. Then that's sending right. each other home. So, you know, first impressions is the fairest way to do it. Um, and Elliot with two T's, um, break dancer or whatever she did when she walked through the door. And 
uh, Utica Queen are the two that are uh, put up for the shop based on the group vote. So <laughs> Rue chimes in on her intercom, and I really want to see the behind the scenes footage of them running those lipsticks back and forth. Me too. <laughs> And I was like, wait, how'd she know that? And I was like, it's television, Jamal. There are things yes. that are cut out. Um, they put it on like yeah. a little slide, Jamal, and like it just slid down like when you go to the ATM. <laughs> and the drive-thru ATM where it just like sucks up and goes. <laughs> no, so um, so they have to vote again. And the second vote, uh, during the second vote, Elliot Queen, Elliot is sent home. Yeah, so Elliot with two T's is uh, the final deciding vote between all of the girls, and um, that's who would have you have who would you have? Well, I guess we know who you would have voted for. Elliot, <laughs> Elliot. There was no other choice. There was no yeah. other choice, and it was for and this may be petty, but it was for the simple fact that when you walk up in that workroom, Miss Thing, that offbeat and talking about get into it, no, ma'am. And we're in page twenty-seven of the Sears catalog. <laughs> Okay, an eighty-eight girl. Uh, yeah, I still would have been. Uh, so what we just talked about a second ago. Imagine coming onto the show and having a hot ass second in front of the judges, and then you get sent to the house. Oh, it was I heartbreaking mean, to watch her reaction. Yes, yes, I definitely felt terrible for her, but I had a feeling they were setting this up for the okie doke, and bitch, I was right. Did you? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was curtains for her. I was like, well, damn. You know, no, I mean, listen, they already got <laughs> compared to the Stanford Prison Project, oh, word, word. <laughs> the prison experiment throughout the uh, 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 throughout the week after the premiere of the debut episode. So, I mean, and then also you spent all this time sort of highlighting the first out girls, your pork chops, your Vanessa Vanjie Mateos, right. Changel, James Mansfield. Right. Uh, it's a little unceremonious, especially ceremonious to send her home that way, especially when they didn't give them bitches no horse divorce or nothing in the back. <laughs> they were sitting there hungry. They was over there fighting over two Rolos and one bubbly, who's apparently, looks like the new sponsor, because we ain't seen that one lick of alcohol during Untucked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what did I think? I thought that the only reason why I also thought that they really were going to send Elliot home is because there were supposed to be 14 girls. And one girl mm-hmm. got disqualified before the season even started. Um, and so I thought they were trying to balance that out real quick. Like, one of you hoes got to go <laughs> before we even start. Oh, my God. Well... Uh, yeah, I definitely, my heart definitely broke a little bit for Elliot. So the next, so let's let's get into the next day. Yeah, let's meet so, the meeting, the winning queens. Yeah, so that's all we're gonna hear from you know these bitches until next week. Um, which <laughs> I was sad my about. Heart. Yeah, because I really <laughs> want to see more Tamisha, and I was really upset when I realized that they are gonna stretch this Tamisha seeing Lollary thing out until episode four. Oh, Miss um, Thing, when we got to like we got to minute forty five, I was like, oh, we not beating the, the other girls today. Not at all. We're not um, meeting them. So the winner, the winning girls uh, come into the workroom and, you know, they're happy. They're feeling themselves. They're taking this one lip sync win as if they have been dominating the, the competition. Baby, baby, <laughs> the way the way that them girls, just, them just was dusty for that shit because they just knew that they just <laughs> wore out the first half of the cast. And they was like, all right, this is it. It's us, bitches. Let's go. Right. They were just feeling real fucking grand. I was like, y'all need to pipe the fuck there <laughs> i mean smell yourself i stay in there you know get live for yourself girl but like i mean some it's of RuPaul's you barely won that lip sync 
Now, why are you talking about Got Mick like that? I was actually talking about La La Ria because I think if you were talking about that too. If those skates were off, I feel like Denali would have wore her out. Um, Yeah. And if, you know, the clothes were attached correctly. Uh, But something else that starts to happen is we start to get, for me at least watching this episode, I saw that a lot of storylines, the way that they uh, begin to frame them, were really transparent. So we start to get this storyline about Candy being rowdy. Um, and something that I enjoyed a little bit later we'll talk about is you also kind of see some restraint from her, but you immediately get this storyline about, you know, this bitch will pop off. And right. that's what she's known for. Because um, God Mick even looks at her and says, I can't wait to see you fight. Um, Which means there must be something big that happens later on down the line because... I think that Candy is producing herself beautifully <laughs> because she knows them dollhouse girls have a reputation and she is, she is giving the producers everything that they need, but she still is doing it in a way where it's not chaotic. Like Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, I can only imagine what the editor's room was like. Well, child. <laughs> Had this episode's result not been the result, she may have been right <laughs> in the company. <laughs> <of her> <laughs> 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 well, you made me a daughter. I got to go home first. I can't go home first. What you mean, Dottie? You mean RuPaul? Girl, no. No. Right, security. So that was, of course, a preview of Candy's verse in today's song. <laughs> so Rue comes on, um, Rue comes on the camera or TV or whatever that thing is, which she's superimposed, and she says, "My queens, congratulations! I want to thank you for a job well done. But now is not the time to what to rest on your charisma. But now is the time to rest on your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent from the pickled fingers of fate." And then she laughs and it goes off. Uh, RuPaul comes to the door, fresh from the ranch. Um, I think there's like a dab of oil on her pant leg. <laughs> and would you say that, that would you say that that suit was off the frack, or do you think it was <laughs> bespoke? <sighs> the first thing I said, you really, you know, I do appreciate the RuPaul is like, oh, you think this about me? Well, guess what? I'm making well, money. <laughs> Um, and that's all she cares about. So she at comes this point, in. Yeah. yeah, at this point, there's a reason um, she don't know those girls' names. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's um, um, Shangela was on the show once. Child just left the stage. <laughs> just left the stage. Uh, so Rue announces that there will be a queen returning who did not get a fair shot. And lo and behold, Elliot with two T's, or as I'm going to call her from here on out, Miss Hilly. Miss Hilly <laughs> walks through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Was it Ru- with or without a pie? Uh, without a pie this time. Without a pie. Uh, Rue also does a very cute thing where she, like, shouts out notable uh, first outs, right? So we talked about this pork chop who gets her name mentioned every season um and then shangela and vanji who are perfect examples of uh what you can do with your time there you know what mm-hmm. i mean uh, yeah um who's who called it this jackie beat said this on hey queen and she is it jackie beat or was it a uh, chichilera it was one of the two of them oh. and there was like you know those are real lightning in the bottle moments and you have to take advantage of um 
those experiences and leverage those to your advantage. And uh, we know, and I'm sure all of our listeners know, that, like you said, all both of those girls took those small moments that they were on television and made them uh, into huge uh, benefits for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that like part of that too is the, their charisma and maybe they weren't prepared in the way that they needed to be prepared, which resulted in their elimination, i.e. the fashions mm-hmm. or the construction, but they were prepared with the ambition and the talent right? and, the, and the earnestness. And then they were endearing. Um, right. So Rue shouts them out and she says, you know, in this competition, in life, uh, never forget that uh, you are not a loser, right? You yeah. are a winner, baby. And she is plugging the hell out of this song. Yes. It's like the third <laughs> reference to this song. Um, well, girls, yeah, and I love that they're um, pivoting. They're doing a really good job of pivoting the narrative, too. We're losing, not just for the first out girls, but um, I always, I've always said about Drag Race that it's best to get eliminated first or to win the fucking show. If yeah. you get eliminated second, third, fourth, or fifth, it is uh, it's very uh, tricky for you, but we've seen that um, been turned on its head, right? You see, Blair St. Clair, Mayhem Miller has been all up and down the RuPaul's Drag Race screens after auditioning twenty five times to get on. So, <laughs> <laughs> at minimum, so I'm really glad that they're um, pivoting the narrative about what it means to actually be on Drag Race, and that's also, I think, a dig at um, the very toxic fan base of Drag Race, Drag Race too. Absolutely, you know what I mean, yeah, and. There comes a point uh, where I am pleased that RuPaul will put the fans in their place to the mm-hmm. best of like her ability. Um, right. That's all good. Uh, the girls yeah. are also told that their first challenge, uh, their mini challenge, I guess, even though I don't consider this thing a mini challenge because this is just doing the most. Um, it's a lot it, of work for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a fucking fashion show. So it's yes. a, uh, a daytime look. And a nighttime vamp look fashion show, uh, which we are accustomed to doing now. The girls start to develop this narrative of Elliot being a spy, which I don't really understand because when Candy, uh, I think it was either Candy or Tina that first says it, I'm just like, but what is she spying on? And who is she spying it on for? It just goes back to that whole thing where, like, the girls were very much so given, we won the pizza party for reading 100 books over the summer and were, like, smelling themselves entirely too fiercely because, I mean, it's such an extra narrative that is, um, for me, it felt like they were, that's this one I really knew they were, like, stretching the episode out because why is there 25 minutes of them talking about Elliot maybe being a spy? Yeah, we didn't need it. Of, like, oh, come on, girl. We did not need a single bit of it because it didn't even make sense. Like, what is she spying on the whole time? And then, like, oh, yeah, she's a spy. She's a spy. She's a mole. Mm. What? She's going to tell RuPaul that I do not know how to actually do my brows. Have y'all watched this show? When has that ever been a storyline? <laughs> Very uh, briefly, Vanessa Vangie Mateo was behind the... Uh... <laughs> oh, child. That was, just, that was just a stunt. Uh <laughs> and then after that uh candy you know starts to go on about the dollhouse and they have a reputation for not really doing that well on their initial seasons 
And she's concerned because she's like, well, I got to, you know, I got to represent, you know, I'm yeah. a member of the dollhouse. Asha's my mother. You know, the children been calling me drag race adjacent for years. And I just been going with it because it's like, bitch, I'm famous. Um, So she's saying all that. And then Miss Hilly <laughs> from the corner is like, don't you think it's funny that all of the people who are legacy queens or related to a drag race girl usually end up going home first? Are you concerned about that? And I said, well, bitch. So <laughs> all of Candy's Brooklyn jumped out um, <laughs> in that very moment. Uh, it, it's something that her, like something about that very moment on screen said, I come from bed time. <laughs> And she I was like ready that. to toss Miss Elliot across the, the uh, room. But one, uh, Elliot is kind of wrong. Because <laughs> is Alyssa's daughter and she did okay. Yes. Uh, Aquaria won and she is, um, Sharon was her mentor. I was about to say uh, she's not a daughter. Well, you know, it, the, we were we were walking into the episode, the, the season with her as the daughter narrative. And they were quick to turn that shit around after she won. Uh, <laughs> And Alaska is also a part of the House of Haunt, too, or was. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there is some evidence of people of the same drag family who do well. Uh, so, you know, you can you can sort of uh, argue both points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Miss Hilly was just taking something that could be a fact um, to throw at Candy, because Candy was one of the ones that was leading the Elliot as a spy charge around the work world. But did you see Candy's face, though? <laughs> That wasn't no, I'm just <laughs> not joking, bitch face. It was, I signed an agreement that said I wouldn't hit a bitch face. <laughs> I was about to say, that was a contemplation face because she was like, wait a second. I want to do this, but this is not what it's going to be. Like, right. He was about to give it to her. Mink, 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 mink. Just straight. <laughs> Bro. So let's talk about fashion, Jamal. But is it fashion? That was my question watching a majority of these looks. Because I said, what about this is daytime. What about this is nighttime? It's, it's nighttime, yes. What are you wearing? Yes. Because first of all, thank God they put Gottmik first. Because Gottmik comes out in this vinyl uh, rainbow and blue uh, fantasy fitted to the body to perfection. Gottmik looks fantastic. What did you think about her new face? I mean, so I follow Godmick on Instagram, so I know what uh, Godmick is capable of. And I'm glad that they did that. Uh, I'm glad that she did that so early on uh, because she has to have known that one of the critiques coming in is, are you going to give us Kabuki every week? Yes, full on clown white. Right. And so I'm glad, you know. And then also, mm -hmm. I don't know how that clown white would have looked with that particular outfit and the outfit was gorgeous the face is gorgeous the hair was stacked and gorgeous mm -hmm. i will give it to mick because i bet you mick could have pulled it off but i'm glad mick clocked it early on that we there's only but so many uh, clown white faces that you need to be painting right off the gate on rupaul's drag race <laughs> uh now i love the day look did not like the night look tell that to jimbo <laughs> uh, oh I, I think plenty of the fans <laughs> Jimbo was like, oh, bad. Did not like the night look on Mick. I thought it was um, I thought it was just bland. Yeah, I liked it. I think Mick is Mick is such a um 
high fashion doll that it could have been a much better piece. Okay. I was not moved by it. Uh, speaking of uh, not understanding the difference between day and nighttime, Candy Muse once walks on the runway, and my Man. first thought is, this is not Candy's drag. It can't be. Yeah, it screamed borrowed outfit. Yes, yeah, so it's like, this Scream. is this is full-on a borrowed outfit from one of the other girls. <laughs> it also <She's>... screamed, <laughs> I'm not using up my good shit right now, so this is what right. you're being yeah. Which, um, when we get a little later on into the episode, we're trying to figure out when Michelle makes a comment about Candy's aesthetic. One of the issues is, not, it's not that the pieces that she's wearing are bad, quotation marks. It is huh. that it's not clear that this is actually a Candy Muse type drag garment, yeah. which we see in her nighttime look, which I, as soon as she walked out, I said, now that's a Candy Muse outfit. You like that dress? That uh, bodysuit? It was cute. It's Bicala. I love Bicala. What nighttime is she? Where is she at at night with that is necessary? Hostro. The Hostro? With yeah. that Okay. On, on uh, the Fifth Element, girl. It's Candy in the future. <laughs> Both rounds. You didn't like the little coin slot she had in the back? No, it wasn't. I was very disappointed in Miss Muse this entire episode with the fashions. I'll talk about where I was disappointed when we get into <laughs> later on in the episode. Yeah, I thought it was a serviceable look. I thought both of them were serve. No, let me backtrack. I thought the second look was uh, cute and serviceable. The first one, I said, this is not Candy's Dragon. It is not daytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have learned that the girls can no longer do daytime or nighttime runways. They can only do fall, winter, because they at least understand that concept. Uh, up next is Lala Ree coming out in a full-on brunch sundress situation. The first look, the judges... Ross did not like it. I thought it was cute when her little her long ass braids. Yeah, I thought it was cute. I thought that it was uh, kind of pedestrian, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that color was the best, like that shade of green, because it just didn't pop for me. It worked as an outfit, like I can see a girl in Atlanta going to brunch with that on, but a little meet and greet dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute. I liked it. Wasn't groundbreaking, but it was cute. Her um, <laughs> evening look, I <laughs> did not like. Yeah, I thought it was just eh, regular, regular. Anyway, on to Olivia Lux, who I love has this cavalcade of mid-century um, uh, fashion aesthetics uh, up in her young ass little twelve-year-old brain. Uh, she's wearing this. How would you describe this? Like a sixties drop ways with mm-hmm. uh, ostrich feather embellishment at the very bottom in purple and on the um, the cuffs and she has this lovely enlarged uh, lapel. I thought it was a beautiful number. I, you know, I, I she's so new but she also has this uh, seasoned funk about her that I like. Yeah, so I mean, I think that she's someone, she's new to drag but she's not like a new performer. Mm-hmm. Oh, without um, questions, yeah. And so I think that there are some things that work for her innately. Like there's some innate talent there. Like we were talking about with Chandler and Vanjie, right? Um, and clearly, she also has connections and coins because that was made by Mondo Kara uh, from Fucking Mondo, right? <laughs> yeah. Go for her. Good for her. Yeah, I liked it. It kind of reminded me of what Saint War and uh, the Resurrection special. Just because of the era and the cut and then the glasses. You know, I've not seen that yet. So what? <laughs> I don't have that channel <laughs> or whatever that was on. Whatever that's on. I gave 
gave you my password. I don't know. Maybe I have to go look at the, look through the archives. Um, our girl, mm-hmm. girl Simone pumps for our on the runway. Zach can find a receipt for everything else. I can find those receipts too. I mean, all right, twinkle. I can find those results. Those those receipts too. I mean, come on, come on. Okay. Who are you talking to here? I gave you. The, yeah, I gave it to you. So just go back and check and get okay. your life. It's a two-hour special. Oh, girl. Um, <laughs> after the attention span of a toddler, I don't know if we can get you two hours. Uh, next up, our girl Simone pumps down the runway and a full-on. She refers to it as Ronnie from the Players Club, and I can see it. <laughs> Multicolored suit. I wish she had steamed it a little better, but otherwise, I think she looks fantastic. The thing has a cape on the back of it attached to the arm. Yes, yes, it does, which I found confusing, but I was also here for. Something that um, I really appreciate about Simone is that she is going to give you a reference. Uh, Just like her sister, Gigi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about that with the um, House of Avalon. I was like, okay, so these are like, you know, they're kind of like campy-ish, like reference queens. And it's cool because Simone always gives me like a good... Um, black reference that I like. Yes, there's so many, uh, so much great black media that came out. In the, well, great black media in general, but particularly in the '90s. And can you believe the fucking '90s are back, girl? <laughs> <laughs> can you believe like that's where they're pull- That's where the references are being pulled from now. Yeah, well, it's been 20 years. <laughs> I know, but like, it's still jarring to see it. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember where I was when the Players Club came out, and I was sneak watching it because I was not supposed to be watching the Players Club when I was. Wow. The number of times I've seen the Players Club is criminal. Wait, I got you beat. I have it on DVD. <laughs> I used to have it on DVD in college. I would watch it when I was bored. Yes, God. Yes. Make that money. Don't let it make you. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in later for more uh, Ronnie Ho quotes. So <laughs> that was her daytime look. And I will say, I can see that as a daytime look. She posted the Instagram photo and it was her shopping on Rodeo Drive. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, bitch, I can see that. The next look, her nighttime look, is just her. Uh, she just fell into the casting director's rack on the set of Girlfriends and then rolled on out <laughs> in this beautiful, the 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 uh, braided wig with the little braid uh, braid balls at the very bottom. Uh, it was this gold and earth tone dress. Like I said, very much so the cast of Girlfriends. It was like Tony Child and then Joan borrowed the dress from Tony and then. Lynn got the dress from she stole the dress <laughs> from Joan, and then Maya got her dress from the swap meet. And she told Tony, Oh, girl, I got the same thing, but for about 75 75% off less than you paid for this. Shit. I like how far you went with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like I thought it was cute. Um, I like that she said there was a reference also to the Matrix. Yes. Which, At first, I was like, "What is she wearing? And what is this doing?" She said that I remember it was not the first Matrix, the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when mm-hmm. they went to Zion. Yep. Like I said, bitch, can you believe the '90s are back? <laughs> 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 Otherwise, yeah, too. I thought you looked wonderful. Um, and then rounding out, oh, no lies. <laughs> last two girls riding on our fashion show are Miss Tina Burnter. I thought Tina was cute. I know. I tell you one thing though. I clocked Stick this in the last episode. I was so fucking tired of this color palette. I yes. said, girl, I see what you're trying to do. But see, Tina, here's the thing. You're also a, you know, an icon from New York, right? Everyone knows who you are, girl. 
we don't need you to do that for us to remember that you were on TV, Mama. Yeah, the same true gigging in New York uh, nine years ago. Right. It, listen, the, the looks were cute. The looks were cute. I thought her daytime looked daytime, her nighttime looked nighttime, but they both look like drag costumes. It's also kind of, I think that particular color palette too is also like really alarming and can be... It's aggressive. Yeah. So for you to come out, you know, what? what did, how many outfits has it been? Six? I'm going to just say six. It probably hasn't been six. <laughs> it, was, it was actually four, but uh, no. It feels like it's been about 12. Well, because even her um, her downtown, her downtime outfits are the exact same color palette. Yeah, so it's her just Her hair like, is red. Yeah, it's, it's just like Mustang. We've had enough. We get it. Right, right. And I was gonna be real mad if she pumped down the runway <laughs> during the during the runway category. You would have been mad. Mother- Michelle would have went off. Yeah, because Michelle was ready to read. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle was ready. And mind you, they had not walked down the runway at this point. So Michelle was she had that motherfucker fully cocked and loaded. Mm-hmm. She was ready to get her I together. told you she got a she got a little graph, a chart, and a checklist. <laughs> she got a Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Ross and Carson, I'm going to go ahead and circulate this document. I need you to populate this with your input and feedback on the girls. So rounding out our runway, um, our runway is Miss Elliot with the quick tease. Her first look is... Uh... <laughs> yeah. 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 Very Charlotte Russe, but you know. It was... It's... It's the uh, the Paris outfit that you wear at the drag club when you all are doing uh, uh, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and that's all you had in your closet to give off Paris. <laughs> I think what irked me the most about it, I wouldn't have minded. It would, just, it would have just been like a basic dress mm-hmm. if there wasn't that exposed corset because for some reason that worked me. Well, the whole thing was just... It just seemed so, you know what I mean? You're supposed to give, if you're going to come down in a red basic dress, okay, but we still need some razzle dazzle. You are a drag queen. And she's also one of the classic drag queens. So, like, we know you have it. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, where's Miss Hilly? This is what right. you do. Right, exactly. Mm. Uh, I have to tell you, I was completely, oh, her, her nighttime look, though, I thought was fierce. I thought it was uh, um, a drag standard. We have mm-hmm. definitely seen that before. I know Mich- I know uh, Chanel has about three closets dedicated to that one look. Uh, India Farah has three. Um, but I thought it was really well executed. I thought the ply on those feathers on that hat were beautiful. Um, it wasn't... Overall, the runway, I was not super well um, uh, excited by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen better gag. I've seen uh, more gags. On the runway, your Gigi Goods, your Violet Tchotchkes, than I did with this particular one. Uh, all in all, I think the girls did well, though. Yeah, some of them did really well. Other ones did meh. You know, no yeah. one, like, had a headpiece fall off, so. <laughs> Lala almost fell. <laughs> and here I am walking and tripping over. These <laughs> good people, these people say, All this extra ass fabric. Yes, yeah, so, so I love you country niggas who are on the show. Yes, God. Yes, God. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a real quick break and then we're going to be right black. My hair is. All right. Welcome black. Jamal, boom, boom, over boom. to you. So. We're back in the workroom. 
Miss Hilly is still beefing with everybody. They still think that she is a, a Russian spy. Uh, Ready to and jump her outside. <laughs> and she, I think, you know, I like the fact that she is just, she doesn't, I don't think she knows what is exactly going on with the girls beef with her. Mm-hmm. But she definitely is like, okay, well, you guys are like feeling something. I'm going to poke it uh, with my attitude. She was doing. Yeah. I live for that. Uh, the girls are told that they need to write a rap or a um, song <laughs> lyric to RuPaul's song, Congratulations. And at that point, I was like, fuck. She found a way to put one of these tired ass songs up in the show again. You knew that's what she was going to do. She did it last season with "I'm That Bitch," and she uh, you she didn't record anything fast enough for the second set of girls, so they had to do that. You think you know me, bullshit? Which I like that one. I like to think you know me. You it like was that? it was good, but she didn't shoehorn her music in there like she normally does. Man, I'm that Norm- bitch is all right. I'll listen to that on some days. Oh no, I like it. What I'm saying is, if she if you're going to shoehorn it in for the one set of girls. Do it for the other one. RuPaul is not on. You think you know me? <laughs> At all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm that bitch. The version with the cast is much better than Ru's version. So, in addition to the uh, writing of lyrics, the girls also... Excuse me, this cookie in my mouth. The girls also... What's his name? <laughs> his name is um, Netta Butter. The girls That's also... Uh, have to do some choreo. Yes. So we get the same scene that we always get in Drag Race, right? Uh-huh. On stage, and they turn this like 10 minutes of the girls rehearsing air quotes on stage and they try to put it off as if it's the entire thing. You know by now that that's just 10 minutes and then a choreographer comes out. <laughs> but they do this just for drama's sake. Um, so the drama is that no one wants to take the lead and be in charge of choreography. And that was working me out. Why? Would you? I wouldn't. Now I'm going to throw me under the bus. Because you need strong leadership to get to herd the cats. And it becomes too many cooks real quickly and then nothing gets accomplished. <laughs> now, well, that's so happened with the, leaders. Yeah, but then they've also... like So I, for a good example I like is when Widow begrudgingly hands it off to Heidi because at least shit got done, right? Thank so there God, was a leader. She was trying to have them do the Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> she had them in there doing the Tootsie Roll, the Butterfly. She said, are we going to do the, we gonna do the electric slide, y'all? Y'all know the electric slide, right? Are right, we going to do the electric slide into the Cupid Shuffle? And then, and then we going to do the motherfucking Cha-Cha Slide again. Ah, see, ah, ah, you didn't see that shit coming, did you? I said, now, how many times is she going to pick this damn Harlem Shake up in here? Well, you know, she, she, she wanted to set it off. She would have had them do the booty call. <laughs> take it back to the black cookout girl. <laughs> uh, while, while no one wants to take lead, um, Elliot has a strategy. Because Elliot is a trained dancer. And Elliot said, I will not be taking lead because... I don't want them to know that I can dance until we're on the stage. Which I've heard some people uh, talk about as a strategy for the show. Don't come on here saying what you're good at, what you, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I've heard that too. But did you think that she was, that's what she was intentionally doing? Because if you think of it, if these bitches have been tra- talking about jumping me for the last 45 minutes, 
<laughs> no, yeah, I wouldn't help him either. Right, right. You imagine we in the back changing outfits for the runway, and then one bitch slips a note next to me while I'm about to walk out, like I'm gonna get you, bitch. Like they did, uh, Mayhem Miller. <laughs> yeah, did, Elliot, oh. Elliot, you know, Sorry, I had to have strategy. Door, girl. <laughs> Elliot had to have strategy, right? She had to have strategy coming into this episode. She had all this pressure coming on her from herself and from everybody else. Like, hey, mistake, you better turn it. Um, because you just got sent to the house, what, six times in the span of 15 minutes? Um, it was twice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And something else that I noticed out and I wrote this in our notes was that the Queens live for uh, a good old like one, two, wave your arm this way, one, two, wave your arm that way. When you got a lot of bitches here dance, you, you like Alaska says, you need a one, two, not a one and two and three. And I know. Four. I just always think it's funny that you have all these like huge personalities and egos on stage, and the best that you can consistently come up with is walk this way and wave your hand, and then walk this way, wave your hand, and then we're gonna um, <laughs> do like this little shuffle. It's just, Listen, it's- we 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 saw what happened with Sorry Not Sorry, and they brought in choreographers for that, so. And it was iconic. It was iconic. Don't be in the back. It's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know what? My hands up, girl. Never mind. We're not trying to be on this thing all night. So you mean Starzy? <laughs> I was about to start talking about um, the bogey and Holland. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so the... Uh... <laughs> The rehearsals are um, a thing, but we do also. <laughs> what? Oh, that was that was. Do you want to? Yes, go. We're trying out a new outline format, folks. <laughs> Got me. Um. So, and once again, here we go with the staging of episode, right? Because I refuse to believe that somebody conveniently said, "Okay, let's open our pause right now," while the camera was on. Um, huh. Yeah. We cut to Gottmik hearing um, his lyric, which was, Gottmik was born a girl, baby. Um, and Gottmik has this uh, just moment of panic mm-hmm. um, that they had not uh, formally told all the girls that they were a trans man and that there was fear that the girls would be talking about her. I mean, him, my apologies. Are you fucking kidding me? Hold on. What? Your grocery delivery didn't come. No, I had a random fucking phone call. Like, how am I miss fucking popular in the middle of recording? Shit. <laughs> anyway, yeah, those can. pictures of you and your um captain. Yes, giving, uh, um, better home and gardens. <laughs> giving mini represent. <laughs> yeah, on the cover of Better Home and Gardens. Do you know that's that was my inspiration? Mini represent <laughs> on that couch. Yes, with the flower. I was like, oh bitch, you lucky I don't have a fucking flower crown, girl. For our listeners. <laughs> for our listeners. Uh, Twinkle Toes, was it last week? It was this weekend, it was Saturday. <laughs> Twinkle Toes bombed the internet with... <laughs> no Tyra Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> with all these pictures of themselves um, in this in this uh, Captain Moo Moo situation and their new plants. And I commented under it, who do you think you are? Because it was all this pose. It was like an a and, uh, A&TM shoot. Yes, very I needed good. the extra the pictures frames. Are, the, pictures, <laughs> the pictures are lovely. The Thank you. Lovely. Yeah, I was um, up. I, you know, did you know I got a ring light? 
Have you heard that I had a ring light? <laughs> no, but do you have AirPods? I don't. Did I tell you about the AirPods? I, yes. Yeah, I have AirPods. Yeah, I have AirPods. You, did you know yeah. that? Yeah. Who told you that? that? Who told you that? I don't know. I think you might have told me that you had AirPods. Mm, I yeah, I have AirPods. Yeah. And sometimes I like to listen to music on my AirPods. But any day, anyway, one day I was standing next to, um, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but I have a ring light and I had my AirPods in and I said, I should do a photo shoot real quick. And that's what I was going to give. And mm. it, it came out real fierce. I was very happy. We only used one filter. <laughs> you know what I you know what I wondered though? What you know what I wonder? What? Is using if you got a ring light, right? A ring mm -hmm. light, if you got a ring light, would that make it easier to like see and clean your AirPods when you take them out? Uh only if you take it into uh your room where you have space. Not everyone has this, but like if you had like go into a room that has space for a uh, ring light you can go in there and clean your AirPods. So yeah, I guess the answer to your question is yeah. Mm. But only if you have, you know, if you have this or you have a ring light or a space for a ring light, then yeah. <laughs> I wonder how the people listen to this are going to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I, when this Saturday, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm billing myself. Let's go ahead and like take some photos. I've been dying to take photos in that captain too. But getting the lighting right because I am midnight black is really tricky, uh, especially depending on the way that your light hits your apartment. So, probably not that well. <laughs> Anywho, let's get back to it. We're talking about uh, Mika's experiencing gender dysphoria. Yeah, yeah. So they're just having a moment, a moment of panic. There's like probably some past trauma being activated where there's an assumption that the girls uh, will be uh, malicious towards him mm -hmm. in regards to the information, right? Okay. Um, because mm -hmm. trans people doing drag, especially trans men, is not uncommon, but in some areas it is rare. And what we do know about drag and people in general when something tends to be rare and very different, um, either it gets acceptance or it gets pitchforks. That too, and um, I, I we're gonna disclose, we're gonna uh, put the disclaimer in here. Neither one of us are of trans experience, so we're not nope. gonna go. No, no, yeah, no. so we're just, we're certainly not qualified to speak on this uh, from that perspective, too. But having, from what I understand about gender dysphoria, it does, depending on how you deal with it or have dealt with it. Um, it almost comes and goes. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And and Gottmik was just not prepared to have to deal with that on the RuPaul's Drag Race stage in that very moment. It was quite jarring. Yeah, I think with any like kind of uh, trauma or situation, uh, mm -hmm. things are cyclical. <laughs> things are definitely right. cyclical. So you know you you're never done like on and you're always learning about different things exactly right um in relationship to that and also new experiences will trigger things you know that you thought you would work on right? absolutely absolutely so, yeah. yes so we don't use coming i didn't use come and go like it was a that's so raven power yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the future i can see <laughs> That's amazing. So that leads us into the next day in the workroom where Candy is vaselining up to fight <laughs> Elliot uh, with the uh, Elliot with the quick tease. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we still get all of this sort of spy rhetoric while we're sitting at the mirror. And honestly, oh, it is so late. <laughs> late boots. And then Tina goes, uh, well, you know, we were calling you Elliot the Spy. <laughs> Shout out to Harriet the Spy. Michelle Trachtenberg. Mm. <laughs> Co-starring Rosie O'Donnell. Mm. So the girls, uh, now what they should have done instead of uh, clocking Elliot for being a quote-unquote spy, no Carmen San Diego. Wait, was she a spy? I think, I think that... Or was she a thief? Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? Was, was Carmen San Diego a spy or a stunt queen? Comment below. I think that she was a stunt queen, but uh, Carmen San Diego was legendary. First oh, she was fierce, baby. <laughs> Also, getting remember Mimi at first dressed up as a uh, Carmen City was not as fierce, but I like the reference. I thought it was see worse. Anyway, <laughs> what they should have did instead of doxing the girl as soon as she walked into the motherfucking room was asked her, "Well, what happened, girl? How did you end up here? <laughs> like, what is the tea?" And she explained that there are what six other bitches. Yeah, which six I of? I couldn't I I found it very hard to believe that those girls thought they would be only ones in that conversation. Girl, the way that they was acting, <laughs> they just thought that they annihilated six bitches off the break and it was just going to be them <laughs> up in the room. They just knew that they won the pizza party, girl. This is why I wouldn't be good on the show because they expect you to go through this whole storyline of stupidity. And I just be like, girl, no. No, that's, that's no way they just sent six bitches home at once. That's a little Jam- much. Right. Jamal will be like, someone give me my book. I'm going to just go read in the corner right now. Okay. <laughs> They're like Jamal, get up. We need we need you to go over there and talk about um growing up in DC. And you're gonna go, oh mama, it was <laughs> <laughs> they tried to set me on fire. <laughs> oh, they did what they did, breaks in my head. Oh girl, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I don't know. It wasn't you. I was talking to my friend Corey. Yeah, the childhood bullying that I experienced was uh, when I was recounting it to Corey, I was like, Wow, that breaks? was a lot. Yeah, I got bricks thrown in my head. One time the whole cafeteria threw sloppy doughs at the table of gay kids in seventh grade. Trigger warning, gay bullying, hate crimes. Oh my Lord. And the teachers in the school uh, who were in the cafeteria walked out of the cafeteria and left us to be showered. Right, D.C. public schools. <laughs> sloppy shows. Yeah, yeah I'm so sorry to hear that. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's, like a, there's a person who is... Um, a professional boxer who qualified for he didn't qualify for the olympics because he passed out from dehydration but he almost did um he beat my ass every day of childhood well i'm glad he didn't make it to the fucking olympics yeah i know you want to go jump him no because i still wouldn't win um for legal reasons that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> So um, they've already hashed that out. And then we also uh, have uh, Olivia Lux and Mick hashing out the conversation about uh, Got Mick's gender identity and talking a lot about what happened the day before on the runway and the gender dysphoria that he experienced. But now that he's in a much better place and we get pronouns. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about this real quick. Because I side with Got Mick. Oh, Gothic has done an excellent job explaining, and you made this point when I'm during our um, last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how anybody's gonna fuck it up, could possibly figure out how to fuck it up. Yeah, because here's the thing, and uh, I'm gonna say if I am like wrong or offensive or anything is about to come out, I sincerely apologize, come from ignorance. But 
Gopnik is a trans man, right? So Gopnik <laughs> identifies as a male. Right. All these queens in this room, to the, my knowledge, identify as men. So it doesn't, I don't understand the difficulty in remembering the pronoun he out of drag, she, and mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? And God makes sense. I think when people try to overthink it, it becomes a mess. Right. And you're really just clocking me yes. when you call me he in drag. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think no. um, if people would just like pause for a second and breathe mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of stuff, uh, it will be a little easier. I agree. Uh, and it, this is also just a PSA to normalize asking and sharing one's pronouns. Absolutely. Uh, especially as cis people, it really is very easy to just tell to normalize that. So it makes it a lot less awkward for a lot, a lot of people. And it just, it's, it costs zero dollars and zero cents to do, dude. Like, just do it. <laughs> zero dollars and zero fucking cents. Anyway... The girls, after we have this conversation, the girls move on and we start talking about who is the biggest competition and who would we eliminate. So of those girls, Jamal, who would you eliminate? Who would you send to the house? Elliot. (laughs) Not your biggest competition? Elliot, she would go to the house. Nothing has changed. Like, I'm glad she came back. I'm glad she came back so that she could... uh, do something um and it still be lacking because that's what i knew when she walked in there is that this was not going to be giving um Mm -hmm. but yes uh i think based on the runway um i think even based on the challenge a little later Mm -hmm. she still miss hilly still got to go Mm -hmm. you can call it a vendetta if you want but miss hilly got to go the death death jam vendetta uh, uh, I still don't think I have enough information to send anybody to the house. Maybe, what? maybe, I, maybe I'm giving. Um, I'm talking about if I'm standing there at the mirror, and I'm one of those girls. I guess Elliot. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you, you know, got I like, I like more evidence. You've seen drag. You got their personality. You've seen their drag on them, and I'm pretty sure you looked over and seen the rack. Well, yeah, I probably also looked and saw Lala's rack and was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe Law, but also Black Lives Matter. I'm not sending another Black girl to the house. Uh, yeah, there's some interesting omissions from this on both this <laughs> Right, so the girls, so the long and the short of it is the girls are basically saying, we're going to send home our best competition. And I uh, never like that that uh, uh, thought process because uh, one, there's no integrity in that. And two, that implies that you are the next best bitch. <laughs> it is the best impl- bitch. Right. It implies you are the next best bitch. And, you know, it's time for us to go look at racks, like you just said a second ago. So most of the girls say Got Mick and uh, Tina burnt her, which I think Tina has been doing an excellent job. I think Tina has been living up to her. Um, uh, her uh, title as this New York sort of legend icon, if you will, I would have picked Mick if we're talking about biggest competition. Mm-hmm. Or Simone. I think they're also underestimating Simone a lot. But I was surprised that no one said Simone um, because she seems to be like generally liked. And mm-hmm. also, I think that her caliber of drag is. Um, 
that her drag smart. Is, yeah, it's smart, and that the girls also recognize it. Right. Yes. You know I, mean? I and I clocked that her ability, her um, attention to detail and her attention to reference is so clean and polished that she is not. And you can see her her ability to perform in rehearsal. She is mm-hmm. not one to just sort of take lightly. So, it's time for the runway, darling. Are you ready for the runway? Are you ready for the runway? At this point, I was kind of over seeing people walk down the runway. Um, <laughs> but the category is, first of all, RuPaul looks like how RuPaul always looks. Um, but shout out to Jamal Sims. Oh, I meant Hi. to shout out to your husband was on as a judge tonight. <laughs> J&J, like J.J. Yeah. Walker or J.J. Abrams. Yeah, hopefully I can get him to stop um, uh, breaking quarantine and like threatening to be a super spreader with him and his husband going to Brazil and Mexico and all this stuff. Um, oh, they uh, they're one of those. Oh, which wait, wait, did you uh, bring this up earlier? Did you see Blue High Jernja tweet it and then delete it? What you no. said about so uh, I saw what Britta did on a microphone from no Toys R Us. Blue, Blue Hydra, it was one of those uh, home karaoke machines. Blue Hydrangea <laughs> tweeted, uh, did they get that footage of Vanessa? <laughs> uh, Blue Hydrangea tweeted, did they get that footage of Vanessa Vanjie Mateo from Puerto Vallarta? <laughs> and then deleted it, and I said, screenshot, Blue <laughs> The way that they are dragging these Dragging girls. the girls. Have you... Even the girls on the <laughs> franchise, I, I don't know if I've ever seen so many, except in the case of, like, dragging Tyra, like, hop on a bandwagon. It was just like, yeah, this shit ain't cool, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, RuPaul looks, Jamal looks fantastic, uh, by the way, with his little, his uh, curtain tassel tie yeah. and his gloves. I try. Uh, Jamal is currently wearing uh, both top and bottom lashes 301 <laughs> um the eyebrow is giving us mcdonald's arch so i love it and so, rupaul comes down the- <laughs> anyway <laughs> so rupaul comes out of runway um in a gown to be honest i don't even remember what the gowns look like but it was a purple purple like asymmetrical confetti situation uh, lots of movement. I thought she looked stunning, but you know that's not unusual. She is the host of the show, except for some questionable choices during All Stars Five. Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't so, an experimental era of RuPaul. <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, UK season two is going to be experimental too. Uh, well, we're going to find out on uh, Thursday. Which reminds me, join Black Twitter Roots Weekly as we recap. RuPaul's Drag Race UK and US because we have what? No boundaries. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, congruent sleeping schedule. Um, okay. The theme Say of the runway is LeMay. LeMay, LeMay. Oh, do you want to do the runway first? Let's, do you want to talk the performance? Oh, crap. I didn't even... Exactly. Um, that's what I thought of that performance. <laughs> exactly. You and me both, bitch. I said, this is tired as hell. So first of all, they all come out on the stage wearing outfits that don't match at all, okay? <laughs> they did not take a, a page out of the book of Tina Knowles because there was no kind of... Uh, it was no jarring how much strength. the outfits didn't match. Yes. Like, Elliot was wearing fucking leopard print and a 
corset with a fur with foxtails. Tina Burner is wearing this tired ass pal- uh, palette again. <laughs> Candy Muse looks like she is an extra in a Lady Gaga video. Uh, Simone looks cute, but Simone ain't got no titties and nothing on. It's not required, but it's a basic little, you know, Charlotte Rue's little two set, two piece set she got on. Mm-hmm. Now, the person who did come out the gate uh, bucking and twirling was Miss Olivia Lux. Mm. Mm-hmm. Outfit was looked expensive. It was fringe. There was movement. I thought she was everything. Yeah, she was stunning, and it was a smart choice of outfit. Um, yes. And I don't know if she planned it, but it turned out to be a smart choice of color palette in contrast to what other people were wearing. Right. And the bitch had a good verse and it was talented. So I, I yes. liked it. She was pretty much like, oh, y'all still don't think that I, you know, y'all don't think I'm a right. well, let me do what I need to do. And she did what needed to be done. And she ate them girls right on up because um, the song was not fierce. Uh, <laughs> Sherry, Pye, Sherry Pye's rapping to the cameraman on the no. side of the stage. <laughs> rapping to, she rapping to the uh, craft service table person in the back. Uh, Mick is very nervous in the beginning and gets it together later on in the performance. But we can, and Candy Muse I can, is in I, her I, I steps. <laughs> when I tell you Candy Muse forgot that choreography, they did her dirty. They did her like they did BB on All Stars 3 because they did not need to show her completely out of choreography in the middle of the stage. Why not? <laughs> it was the truth. <laughs> Poor Candy. It was what uh, happened. And you need to see it if she's going to get read for it later in judgment. Yes. So uh, let me can fast forward through it because the performance was tired. The song was tired. But, you know, shout out to Olivia Lux and Simone and Elliot for turning it out to the best of their ability. So the runway category is La May You Stay. And yeah, there's, so first, there's an accent over the E, so it is not lame. Right. Cause, yeah, so, because I was reading too quick. When I first saw, like, the episode breakdown somewhere, I was like, what is lame? I'm like, are they about to be offensive? Because, you know, lame is also an offensive term for people. Uh-huh. Who, um, yeah, so I was like, wait a second. Are uh, they disabled, about to be yes. Huh? No, it's a, no, yeah, it's a, it's a offensive term for people who are disabled. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, are they about to really try? You know, and then I got a vision in my head of <laughs> Max from season seven with those goddamn crutches. Um, yes, 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 yes. So the first person... Uh, held, uh, those those wheelchairs during the mermaid thing. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? Uh, what was the homage to... Bette Midler used to perform that way, but, you know, in this day and time... Uh, not in any time is it acceptable, but especially now, it was really irresponsible to have that on television. Yeah, I would have preferred them find another way to get them out there. Um, they should have, like, um, army crawled across the floor and the fence. Or, I've done it. You know, I've, you wa- can, like, I've you- worn a, a mermaid tail before, and they are not easy to move in. So- <laughs> no, I'm saying, or you can get, like, the pit crew to carry people on, like, uh, you know, little drones or something. It's something. A, a clamshell with wheels on it. Something. Right. But anyway, that is so not union it. sanctioned input. Ugh. Okay, but in the word, as Willem likes to always point out, but they got these men walking around barefoot on the set. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's get into the wrong way. We are getting off track. The comic comes out um, was a giant Fabergé egg. Everything. Uh, 
it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it when I saw it in the previews for the season and I only saw like the head up. Um, it's like this mm-hmm. beautiful, like, would you call it Sometimes like that's all you need for real? Yeah, would you call it like Baroque? Um, or what would you classify like the I wouldn't body call shape? it Baroque? I think it was like God makes she uh, she uh, exp- uh, explains it as like an alien ass look, and I was like, that's consistent, that seems right. I think the garment is well executed. Um, I think it was just stunning. And this is what I was saying earlier. I can tell where Gottmik shines. Because where mm-hmm. Gottmik shines, she shines. Make she's going to go ham on the yes. aesthetic. Walking in high heels and dancing is not one of those places. But yeah. that's fine. Hopefully, We're talking about runway here. Hopefully acting is, though, because if you striking out mm-hmm. on three of the four. Yes. yes. You know. Um, the next have... person coming out <laughs> is Candy Muse, and she's dressed as a fembot from Austin Powers, except and when she first came out, I was like, something is very wrong with this. Um, and then I realized she doesn't have the Candy... own titty guns. And she yes. takes that, you know, jacket off. Her hair and her makeup looks great. I didn't appreciate the the, the coat, and I didn't appreciate the any and bra set that was going on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So let's get let's break this down because there are a lot there are a lot of things that could have been right for it, and it was it was all it all came down to proportions. Candy is a, a stout girl. Is mm-hmm. that yeah, she's a short and stout girl. The propor- proportions on the the negligee piece was all wrong it needed to be shorter it needed to be jutted out a lot more to juxtapose her legs and she was already wearing like a little like kitty cat uh, white go-go boot mm-hmm. uh, i didn't mind the bra and panty set i think i thought it could have been bigger but i understand what she was trying to do and also lemay is tricky because lemay will almost always look cheap well they should have had honey no daddy come in and consult <laughs> I think she was wearing actual leather <laughs> that day. <laughs> uh, hair could have been bigger, but the, the hair and makeup was the least of the worries with this particular garment. It was the proportions and all of that. So Yeah, that was my man. Yeah, next up is Lala Ree, who yes, went and pumping on the runway in Tamisha's coat. <laughs> I was about to say she snatched up Stacey Lane Bryant's church robe from um, season three and gave it a makeover. <laughs> But you know you can buy you because that they sell they sell that robe at Olive Olay, which is the... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, got Nina Bonina Brown came. Nina Bonina Brown came to the season hour reunion in the Kingston Yetta dress that cost her three hundred dollars. So she should have been Black China. <laughs> that dress should have hit the floor. So. Um, <laughs> I have a thing about dresses not hitting the floor. It wears me out. That's why so, you hate the Delano so much. Um, yeah, Lala Reed. I mean, Lala Reed looks good. The color is great mm-hmm. on her skin. Her skin looks beautiful. The makeup and the hair looks right. Yes. It isn't that exciting to me. Um, yeah. But I appreciate that she looks good. And this is actually the next 
I know it's not saying much. This is probably the nicest thing that she's worn since she's been on the show, these whole two episodes. Uh, I think this is the best her makeup has also looked. It looks beautifully blended. I think the highlight is in the right place. The wig looks great. And Tamisha is going to be upset when she walks in and realizes that girl done went through her closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are girls, there are girls that I worry for each week on the runway. Like, I'm like, mm, come on, like, at least be passable. Um, and Lala Ria is gonna was one of them in my head. Um, mm-hmm. the other one is next, and I have yet to let me not even lie. That first outfit was questionable. Um, Olivia Lux yes. is next on the runway, and she comes down. So like old Hollywood glamour, the dress uh-huh. is not hitting the floor, so I'm a little upset, but it's okay. Right. It's great. She has updo. It's like gold and um, what's this other color? Would you call it like like an auburn? Yeah. She looks great. She looks oh, funny. fun fact: that's Madeline Hatter's wig from Drag Race. Oh, it was a beautiful wig. Mm-hmm. She, for the most part, stayed together during the lip sync too. When she um, was on Madeline Hatter was on the Maddie Rance live stream. Uh-huh. And Madeline was talking about the lipstick. And Madeline was like, she is wearing my wig out. Wearing that shit down. As long as she doesn't <laughs> return it. As long as she doesn't return it like Ginger Men, Ginger Men returned that wig to Naomi Smalls. Ooh, I can't shit. believe that. They always said she gave her the wig. She just starts balling it up in her face. She's like, bitch, what you doing? That was really disappointing to hear, especially that from is Ginger. hilarious. But Ginger, who's a professional, unprofessional. Uh, yeah, I thought little baby Tisha Campbell looked great. Up next was mm-hmm. is Miss Simone, who I believe is also wearing B Kala. If you can't tell, I love B Kala. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, giving us full uh Mike Tyson, uh Rocky, what's it, Rocky Balboa? Rocky Balboa. Uh no, no, Apollo Creed girl, because he's black. It was good, uh, it was smart, fierce. It was a smart take. Yeah, it was fierce. I like the fact that the, the boots were heels, but they were still like boxing, like face-up boots. Um, I'm going to say the same thing. We're very much on the same wavelength because a girl will easily run out there and some flats. Mm-hmm. And Rue will easily lift her eyebrow. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like the pigtails. Of course, her skin looks... Shout out to the melanated girls and the skin this season. Yes. popping. In and out of the confessional. Um, and I like that she's representing her house, House of Avalon on her um mm-hmm. You gonna know about us. We coming for everything y'all stole from Gigi Good. And that's what we were saying earlier about the girls. It's nice that they're not getting sent to the house on the first episode because they spent money to have fucking House of Avalon written on this goddamn belt for her to be a boxer. So I'm glad they have opportunities to do what they have. Only for it to get thrown right back in suitcase. Yes, right. Um, up next is, thank God she's not wearing red, yellow, and orange, Miss Tita Burnter. Yeah. At first I didn't get it. And I was like, what is, what's going on? Yes. And I was like, it, oh, it, geez, it, it, takes, it takes a little bit of a minute, right? But also, uh, for me, I guess I was looking at it and saying, like, oh, well, she fulfilled the requirements of the runway. I normally do not <laughs> like when the girls, I, f- I feel like I'm giving Tina Burner so much grief, uh, but I'm not rightfully really. Rightfully so in back. some parts. Huh? I said, <laughs> rightfully so. I'm just not, some of it, I'm just not moved by. I think she's doing an excellent job. It just, she's not my personal favorite. This particular runway, I think she looks wonderful. She is in head to toe silver. She is giving us 10 man realness. The look is looks expensive. Her wig is fantastic. I also love that the paint 
of her silver is full body and well done because normally the girls will be sometimes be real blotchy i won't bother to go all the way down their neck like they're supposed to um and then she reveals under her moto her moto jacket uh beating her heart. Heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was she looks like fierce Mm-hmm. It was it was decent. She's gonna give you some old drag staples, which I, I really appreciate in a queen. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, Miss um, Hilly. Hilly comes down the runway. In a prom uh, dress. Yeah, she's trying to fire Miss Minnie and she comes down her little prom <laughs> dress uh with no titty. Which is what I meant to talk to you about. These girls selectively panned. <laughs> yeah, I remember you texting that. <laughs> you know, which Oh, this is my next note to that, which can either hurt you or help you. So I don't, it's not, I'm not bothered by it in this particular instance. I actually thought the dress is cute. It's again, not the most exciting thing I've ever seen on the runway. LeMay is tricky. LeMay really is tricky because it can easily just look cheap. So you have to do a lot with it. I agree. Overall on the runway, thoughts? Um, Gomic and uh, Simone were the best. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I look forward to seeing all of Gottman's looks coming down the runway. I continue to look forward to a lot of most improved uh, trophies going to La La Rie because I'm really rooting for our girl. Yeah. And I'm just baffled right now um, at the state of Caddy Muse because there's all this mouth. And I know that there's something there to back it up. But these, yes. this first two episodes, these looks, I'm just like, okay. Well, that's what, that's what I was saying earlier when we talk about um, when Michelle talks about the aesthetic. I just keep getting the feeling that Candy is not wearing Candy's clothes. Probably, Candy is not in Candy's pest dispenser. She is in Aja and Dolly Dolly's pest dispenser. Yeah, with the pure amount of stuff that they um, require you to bring to the damn show, I wouldn't be <laughs> completely wearing my clothes either. You know I had to wear this one episode. I'm wearing Jamal's outfit right now, so I'm dressed like Steve. Wow, Hicks. they had that one, two, three, <laughs> three, four, four outfits. Go back. Yeah, but it's still it's still important for the thing to match your aesthetic. Yeah, uh, so let's get into these critiques. Up first is Got Mick. Uh, Jamal, uh, other Jamal, not this Jamal, talks about Got Mick's. Mm -hmm rough beginning but she finally got it together thank god and the performance they eat this look up and rightfully fucking so because this is iconic this is how you make LeMay look expensive yeah it's a beautiful look um they read candy for everything that we just said uh, <laughs> the, uh one thing about the uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things for candy control her list so, <laughs> no, no. I wait, wait. Why? I wasn't coming for her list. No, I said they. Did they come the for judges, her list? One of them said "Sun Bible Girl." We barely understand what you said on the runway, and then Paul said it again. <sighs> yes. And Candy also has an accent too. But what I will give, so I wasn't going to get into not understanding her a whole lot because I understand why we didn't understand her, um, because Candy performed the shit out of her verse. Mm-hmm. You got to give her that. She performed the shit out of her verse. She forgot the choreography immediately thereafter. That was the problem. What girl shit? What and else she is looked to lost. <laughs> and she looked lost. So uh, they clock her for that. They were not. They said the same thing we said about the first look. Um, it was a stretch, but they loved the keyhole in the back of the second look. Well, I like the second look. You didn't like the second look. Um, and 
what I do love about Miss Candy Muse is she is doing an excellent job of volleying with the judges. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I, it, 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 you saw with Miss Utica, she was nice and spooked by the judges. Candy is unspookable. Yeah, so, talking head is talking. <laughs> head aside, I think Miss Candy is very much so the producer of the season. And like we talked about, she might, in fact, get past her sister, who only lasted, what, five episodes, uh, Miss I'm predicting that Candy will be the longest lasting member from that collective on the show. Ooh, only time will tell. <laughs> and by that prediction. Um, so, and then we, I, I'm not going to keep repeating this, but we do talk about the aesthetic issues. Uh, Lala is up. They did not like her daytime look. I thought it was fine, but they loved her nighttime look. Compliment her skin and her confidence in the performance. And I agree. She is beaming up there into Misha Mon's coat from 2002. <laughs> and it looks absolutely beautiful. It looks beautiful. Olivia, they love that she is doing her old Hollywood glamour look. Uh, Michelle points out that she loves seeing a queen of color to it, which have we not seen that at all? Drag Race? Michelle just be saying anything out of her ass. <laughs> I was like, I let me go back to my uh to my receipts, girl, because I don't know that she is the only one, but yes, I do think I, I love that she does have these um, old school references. I'm going to say this a million times, but she reminds me so much of Dorothy Dandridge. Hmm. Tisha Campbell hey. playing Dorothy Dandridge. When did Tisha Campbell play Dorothy Dandridge? Now. <laughs> no, you referring to Mariah Paris Balenciaga. Huh. She's huh. playing Dorothy Dandridge right now. Okay. Yes. Anywho, uh, we have Simone, and they call our girl a star. And Simone gets emotional, which I think, I mean, that's a huge compliment coming from RuPaul. And I think RuPaul is in, RuPaul is in her era of truly, truly, truly understanding what it is that she needs to pass down to this next generation of girls. Well, sure, she better be. You talk about that, jokes. <laughs> yeah, RuPaul is, uh, <laughs> as, as about to wrap it on up, she's about to have Bianca Del Rio hosting the damn show soon, because mm-hmm. Ru is, <laughs> you saw, Ru is just trying to get through the episodes at this point. <laughs> they loved all of uh, Simone's runway. They really love her point of view, which we love too. All of her really wonderful 90s aesthetic, her 90s references, and the attention to detail to them too. So she's not just doing something from the 90s. She's doing the specific look from the 90s and uh, really polishing out everything that she's serving on the runway. Um, quick side note, I did watch Gigi Good's Hey Queen episode. And what stuck out to me is that the House of Avalon just does this in general. Like they dig, 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 dig into all of the pop culture um, archives and pull all their references and build it into their drag. So Gigi talked a lot about how she was never exposed. She, she said, I'm pulling the plastique and she wasn't exposed to like all of the pop divas of the day, the Beyonce's, the Mariah's, this and the other until she met the House of Avalon and they like really schooled her on all of these references. And you can see that across the board with all of the Avalon girls. So yeah, we stand Miss Simone. Mm-hmm. As well, yeah, you know, sometimes the girls will uh, throw on some Forever 21 and, and and that'll be that. These girls are really, really um, taking deep references and uh, making really spectacular track out of it. Uh, Tinta gets all of the praise. They say the same shit I said. Thank God she's not wearing that red, orange, and yellow. 
Yeah, the mustard palette is tired. As hell. And I really, I remember I clocked it during the press interviews uh, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be a, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? And I'm nervous because it's just not, it's an aggressive palette. Yeah, it was late. Yeah, it was late in the interviews. Right. And she doesn't need it because she is. I mean, while she doesn't excite me, I don't forget that Tina Burner's there. Her name's Tina Burner for crying out loud. Right. Burner the Tina Burner. They do give her the note that she needs to focus on the cameras. This is television. Yeah. This is not theater. I'll pass a note. This is not a bar. Right. <laughs> do we ever get to what boy brand she was a part of? Nope. They have yet to say. I used to, I had a theory it was in sync. That was, in fact, an incorrect theory. I was wrong. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe she just signed an NDA and she can't say. I'm leaving this tonight. You're, um, yeah. We're gonna start a fight. Yes, because I, 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 and then I lastly, sitting up in a boy band. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, Elliot, uh, Miss Hilly comes out on the stage, uh, and they basically give her all the critiques that you had a lot to prove tonight, Miss. Uh, I got eliminated six times, 12 times, 12 seconds out the gate, and you proved it tonight. Okay, so we're gonna with. talk about this. We are going to talk about this. <laughs> I'm tired of these white uh, girls. This bar, the bar is just set in hell. So if you just uh-huh. jump over hell, because I didn't see all this fabulous choreography. I just saw somebody <laughs> hit a hard ass split, which was a fierce split. But Jamal was making it, and then I had to rewind it back because Jamal mm-hmm. was going off so much. He's like, you know, I just saw the fire burning behind your eyes, like she was just raring to go. And she came out of the gate and was like, and I said, okay, well, let me rewind back because I must have just really been, my eyes must have been glazed over. Uh-huh. I went back. I said, okay. Um, she walked to the side stage and then turned around and did a split. What, where was the choreography? <laughs> well, I guess the lead up to it, it wasn't exactly the most inspiring thing in the world, too. So by the time she did hit that little split, I'm sure it woke everybody the fuck up. There's a reason we spent all of 30 seconds on the. Uh, the performance of congratulations. Well, they need to RuPaul. they need to stop letting RuPaul do that fuck shit because they know <laughs> everybody on this set knows you're gonna come out and do choreography to see that walk for the three hundredth time. <laughs> <laughs> she RuPaul said we pay for all of this like licensing. No she just for wants episode you to know one. She in charge. <laughs> right, we pay for all of this licensing for the first episode. You bitches are doing sissy that walk this week. You bitches actually, are doing bored naked this weekend. Right. Actually, you're doing RuPaul's <laughs> my new for the next six weeks. <laughs> yes. You know how expensive those licenses fucking were? Oh, y'all doing my motherfucking music. <laughs> so we so I clock I clock immediately after we get critiques. I said, girl, they didn't drag us through the mud like this to send anybody to the house. And of course, we get a repeat of last season. We get a top two, except they didn't even play it. <laughs> they didn't even play it like the, the girls might be in the bottom because right. the other girls, uh, because because the girls were not nervous. They was like, oh, we must be in the top two. And it is Miss Olivia Lux and Simone. And I am so thrilled that it is this two. I'm so thrilled that it is Olivia because for the last two episodes, we have gotten comments from several girls that Olivia is uh, uh, not 
up to par or in the same lane as some of the other girls that are already there who are more experienced. When in fact, Miss Olivia, with the exception of that cock to the side ponytail ass wig that she wore last week, has been <laughs> serving the girls up. She sent yeah. Rose to the house. Uh, she's the top girl this week. She was the best in the performance. And she just seems like a genuinely lovely person. Yeah, she does. She's, we definitely have a contender for Miss Congeniality. Well, that means she has to lose. <laughs> anyway, talk about, let's talk about the let's say, is Olivia Lux <laughs> winning the show? Like, let's be real. Um, <laughs> the lip sync is to uh, Break My Heart by Dula Peep. And we're excited. But I was looking forward to hearing you uh, pronounce Dua Lipa and uh, Dua Lipa, and you said Dua Lipa, and that was even better. Chef's kiss, I'm glad you said that. Shout out Wendy Williams, because oh, you never open up a door for a true New Yorker. <laughs> but yeah, we love this song. The song is great. With the minute that beat, it, doom, doom, doom. I said, okay, yes, we got a little bop. Um Thank God. <laughs> we got um Olivia is doing like a very like uh almost a repeat of what she did during Yeah, X's I mean this O's. is how she performs. She kind of acts right. out the song like literally. You know what I mean? With comedic good comedy and theater attached. And that is and not easy to do. It's not. And Simone is doing the same thing that she did before, which she really essentially Yeah. And I've made a note to talk about this because it's it's sickening. But she essentially walks back and forth. Yes, yes, with a little country twang. She did the same thing in the performance. Yes, she does the same yes. thing that Raven does. She just, yes. you know, and the the energy the energy pulls it off. But I'm yes. thinking, Which, if we get know, one more of this, I'm be like, okay, girl, you know what? <laughs> we can't do this every lip sync. Right. Well, you know, it just goes to show we've talked about this before that drag uh, uh, lip syncing is an art form. There's an anatomy to it. Almost definitely. And some, and you know, you have to be able, you have to understand that to be able to pull off what it is that Simone does. And the same could be said about Olivia because acting out every word, every every uh, lyric in a song during a lip sync can get tired real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and I think in Olivia's case this week, it did. Uh, I don't think it was a bad lip sync. I think it. Um, I just think that Simone was better because she was wearing out. Miss Olivia was wearing out every single lyric, including along with that wig. <laughs> if you listen closely, this is one of the things I love about Drag Race. So if you listen closely to certain lip syncs, you can hear Michelle's comments. So. The Jan versus Widow Von D, when they both started doing the robot, like, you hear Michelle laugh and say, this is a mess. And in this <laughs> one, this one, if you listen very closely to the end, you because it, it, so I'm imagining she's saying it to RuPaul because RuPaul's sitting right next to her and before they had a scene of them two looking at each other laughing at something that Olivia and Simone did. But if you listen very closely towards the end of the lip sync, you hear Michelle cackling talking about she is wearing that wig is coming off that wig was coming right the fuck off she wanted to win <laughs> she was in she was she, in the <laughs> she did say in the last lip sync that the music the music she just says won with the music but mm, she was not the mm-hmm. one this time because Miss Simone has taken home the five thousand doll hairs. No, you ain't gonna beat the class favorite. And right now, at the <laughs> moment, so seriously, that's the that's the vibe that I'm getting. 
with Simone and the rest of them is like this this is the the favorite person in class. Right. Olivia's like the person with um the stack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Why are you coming for me? I was the person with the Yu-Gi-Oh cards in high school. <laughs> she pulled out fucking, um, the blue blue eyes. Blue eyes white. <laughs> blue eyes white. <laughs> yeah, they like, oh, here this bitch go again. Well, sometimes it helps you win. There's a reason it was Joe, the reason Joey had that as a card. Anywho, <laughs> we get the winner of our lip sync. It is the class favorite, Miss Simone. And she's taking home 5,000 doll hairs. And I love her little confessional <laughs> moment when she goes, when she says, you know, uh, Simone has secured the bag and it feels correct. <laughs> and I said, yes. So we, we know just off the break, all of the black girls are going to run all of the B-roll confessionals, it's going to be everything. Because mm-hmm. quiet as this kept, Miss Lala gave us some moments this episode too. When she said, now you don't want to go to the south side of Atlanta. Trust me, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, well, wait wait a minute. Depends on the... And then I started to go through my, my Rolodex of places in the south side of Atlanta. I was like, yeah, I guess not. You might not want to go down to Cascade, girl. <laughs> That's the place where they, they made me take my hat off when we went to the skating rink. I have no <laughs> point of reference. I used to live in Atlanta, people. <laughs> you, you know Cascader was in the movie ATL? Yeah, I know what the name of that thing was. I just knew it was ATL. <laughs> it literally said Cascade. <laughs> okay, Cascade. that movie came out when when I was in 12th grade. I don't remember that movie like that. Girl, I remember girl, you. I remember that Lauren London was up in that movie giving the worst acting performance that she could possibly give. <laughs> you must not have seen Medea's big family, uh, big happy family. Um, <laughs> now it is time. Well, what do you think about this episode? Long. Um, yeah. Long. I do and... think it was a good episode, but it was long. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was. It was. It was good. Some good stuff happened. We got like some. Uh, needed character development. Um, Olivia continues to like vindicate, you know what I mean, and approve why she's here. All good. The only thing that would have made it better is if Miss Hilly would have went home. Wow, you let that bitch live. I mean, really, <laughs> it's time for a bitch to go up on the wall. Well, we see what's gonna happen, girl, because we better have another episode where another bitch is not gonna go home. Right, Next and then I week, bet you which means nobody will go home for four fucking weeks. I bet you in the episode where somebody does finally go home is not gonna be him. Gonna send home? Nope. I can almost guarantee it because if she didn't get sent to the house this episode, she not gonna get sent to the house unless she fucks up in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, uh, what she does, uh, we're not gonna get into the shadiness of them. But um, what I do know is, I'm gonna air this bitch out if they send home Tamisha first. So. Um, <laughs> Do what you're supposed to do for Paul's Drag Race. She's supposed to be a smooth third out, okay? Holler at me. I know you know me. <laughs> Which reminds me, folks, this episode is sponsored by the official Tamishiamon Monopoly game. Oh, uh, where when you pass, God. the lady said, go home, you collect $200. Have you gotten yours in the mail yet, Jamal? I'm not buying anything from that store. I'm glad that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that her and her team are on it with the merchandise. But all that stuff looks like... You don't like want a Tamisha Mon umbrella? 
all of that stuff looks like it's about to fall apart the bitch. You take out the box and try to utilize it, and then you just gonna have pieces of Tamisha space all over your floor. Well, you don't want the Tamisha and mom p- pajama set. I heard that's of like really high quality. You don't want that. <laughs> no, I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need the, the magnet. I don't need the food stamp car holder. I don't need the tennis shoes. I don't need the lampshade. You don't need the Tamisha and mom phone case. <laughs> you don't want the Tamisha and mom beach towel? Life's a beach. She is wearing Bring me Tamisha out with, with that. you. <laughs> The only thing worse is uh, uh, Shantula promoting the goddamn hand sanitizer and being a super spreader. Yes. Yeah, sanitizer, right. And then it's right, right up in Puerto Vallarta. But she did what, she did what Trinity should have done. She said she should have shut the fuck up. Right. Uh, so let's get... <laughs> and that's on what? Trinity's probably not under some humor. <laughs> anyway, folks, we have come, it's time has come for our brand new category. Wig of, wig the, of week. the week. Bank of the week. It's the wig of the week. It's not for the week because it's the wig of the week. I'm done. You can carry oh, on. Okay, now. I thought you were going to say what your wig of the week was. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wig of the week is Miss Olivia Lux and the Congratulations Challenge. It was a big old drag wig. It was stacked. Those wigs are tricky because it had the braids in the front. It is real easy for a braid in the front wig to look like a hard front. Mm. It, sometimes it gives Tyler Perry movie. Sometimes it gives The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I thought she, <laughs> I thought that wig was excellent okay okay um this is actually a difficult decision because there's several ways that i like this week i like i like godmix red wig just because it's this huge um and it's a good color yeah um but i also like simone's second wig from the in the fall runway i mean in the nighttime runway mm-hmm. so i may give it to yes yes tomorrow Okay. I stand that. I stand that. Ah! That's a weird stand account. There I am. My least favorite wig this week was Elliot's wig in the (laughs) Congratulations Challenge. That hard front ass bump it that is 2000 and late and she needs to not wear that again. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Who's here? Miss Hilly, Tina, Simone, Olivia... Mm, oh yes, my least favorite wig is Candy's wig and the daytime look. Yes. No ma'am. <laughs> no ma'am. No Wait, ma'am. I like the daytime wig. I didn't like her Finbot wig. That one was not the fierce. Mm-mm, the daytime wig is not big enough. It is not is like it's on her head lopsided. It looks like it literally is half of a wig. No ma'am. It's almost like it's a wig that doesn't belong to Candy. Huh crazy (laughs) (laughs) all right folks that's our time thank you for joining us on this episode of black to our roots i'm twinkle motherfucking toes dc's answer to gabaret sidove and i'm jamal shang bye